So, let's go ahead and jump into the message this morning. We're continuing our I Am series. We've been going through the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes about Himself in the Gospel of John. Uh, these are very important because these are statements that Jesus gives about Himself. Uh, so we can learn more about who He is, His character, why He came. And I've been enjoying the series and I hope that you have been too. Today we're going to talk about the statement that Jesus gives where He calls Himself the Good Shepherd. Now, last week we kind of had part one of this kind of little mini series within the series. Last week we talked about Jesus when he called himself the door. And today we're going to talk about him calling himself the good shepherd. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump right in here. We're going to look at John chapter 10, starting with verse number 11. We'll read it and then we'll kind of look at these things together. And this is what it says. Jesus is speaking here. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a sheep coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and, uh, and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life, so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we ask that you would just be with us this morning, that you would just help me, God, that you would anoint me, God, to share the things and the words and the concepts that you've placed on my heart. Father, that you would just be with us, Father, that you would just uh, open our hearts to, to see and hear what you want us to understand this morning. Jesus, also, we just pray for our moms, our wives, our aunts, our our, our, our sisters, just, Father, all the ladies in our lives. God, we just pray you'd bless them. Father, we're so thankful for them. And Father, we just pray you would be with us this morning in every way, shape, and form. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, one of the things that, that, that if you know a little bit about me that you, you probably know is that as I was growing up, um, we as a family kind of lived in the city, but my grandparents lived on a farm. And so we would go uh, quite often uh, on weekends and we would go visit grandma and grandpa and they had the farmhouse and the barn and, and, and they had about 70, 80 acres and, and uh, grandpa and grandma had cows and, and, and we would go out there and it was just awesome and amazing. They had little little cow trails that we would take hikes on and it was just awesome. And, and one of the things I remember about that is uh, one time we pull up to grandma and grandpa's house and, and, and we're, we're coming in and grandpa kind of has a little twinkle in his eyes, kind of smiling. And, and, and you could kind of tell like something was going on. Like he, he, was, he had something up his sleeve kind of a thing. And, and he said, I, I got something for the kids and all these sort of things. And so we're sitting there, what's he got? What's he done? What's he doing? And grandpa comes around the corner of the house and he has a lamb. 
And, and I was trying to think about this. I think we named the lamb Henrietta and all this sort of stuff. And so we have pictures of us kind of leading this little lamb, this poor thing. You know, it was me and my brother and my two sisters. And so we, we were shepherds for, you know, a weekend and so on and so forth. So I know a very, very little bit about what it is to be a shepherd. And when I say that with, you know, totally joking, you know, but at least I had been around a sheep. But most of us have no idea what it is to be a shepherd when we think about sheep. Shepherds, we usually think about maybe King David, or we think about the shepherds during the Christmas season, and so on and so forth. But really, to understand this concept, we really need to understand what it is to be a shepherd, because Jesus here calls himself that. And if we don't know what a shepherd is, or what a shepherd does, or what the context of it is, we can kind of miss some of the things that Jesus is wanting us to see when he calls himself the Good Shepherd. So I'm assuming maybe you, you didn't grow up around sheep or things like that, and I definitely have never met anybody that I've said, so what do you do? And they said, well, I'm a shepherd, and I, you know, so we're going to look at this together before we really jump into that, and I want to talk about this first. What is the overall context of a shepherd? And I first want to talk about kind of an occupational context. I want to talk about what it is to be a shepherd, and, and, and you know what? Being a shepherd is hard work. Uh, a lot of times it's work that's very solitary. It's, it's, you're out on your own. You're out there with just a bunch of sheep. And, and, and so a lot of times you're, you're out in the, the middle of nowhere. You're, you're out in the elements. And, and your job is to obviously take care of the sheep. But to really do that, you have to find good pasture for the sheep. You have to find water for the sheep. You have to protect the sheep. You have to tend to the sheep. When a sheep gets hurt, you have to administer medicine and, and help. You have to keep wolves and, and attacking animals away from the sheep. It's, it's a hard life. It's a difficult life. It's a life that, that is not romantic in any way, shape, or form. It's dirty. It's filthy. And it is a hard, hard life watching sheep. You would kind of bring them in, bring them out, protect them. And so it was not a a easy life to be a shepherd, especially back in those times. And uh, you would protect the sheep and be with them. And so this was a difficult job that, that Jesus here is, is trying to help us to understand. The next I want to talk about is the biblical context of this. What is the biblical context? Because here's the thing, as you look at the Bible, it is full of shepherds. Uh, the first shepherd is Abel, the, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, and they have the two sons, Cain and Abel, and, and Abel is a shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd. Isaac was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Moses, for a time, was a shepherd. Obviously, King David was a shepherd. We are, the Bible is full of shepherds and full of, of us trying to understand what it is to be a shepherd. God calls himself the shepherd of Israel a lot of times. And, and biblically speaking, during this time, the leaders of Israel, both religious and political, were oftentimes called shepherds. And when they were corrupt and not following God like they should, they were called false shepherds. And so in this concept here, and we're going to get into this a little bit later uh, as we look at why Jesus makes this statement here, the leaders of Israel were called that. And we're going to look at an interesting portion of Scripture that, that really kind of helps us understand a little bit more biblically about this concept of shepherds, especially spiritually. And it's found in Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel 34, this is a, a statement that, that God makes through the prophet Ezekiel to these shepherds of Israel, these 
these, these spiritual leaders, these political leaders. That, and, and it is a rebuke that God is giving to these shepherds. And so we're going to look at this this morning. And it's like I said, it's found in Ezekiel 34, verses 1 through 10. And this is what it says. It says, Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. So there it is again, that idea of shepherds being leaders at the time. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, and butcher the best animals, but yet you let your flocks starve. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended to the sick or bound up the injured. You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep have been scattered without a shepherd. And they are easy prey for any wild animals. They have wandered through all the mountains and all the hills across the face of the earth, yet no one has gone to search for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock and left them to be attacked by every wild animal. And though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves and left the sheep to starve. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies and I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flocks. Wow. This here is a very, very strong rebuke that God is giving to his leaders, both spiritual and political, during this time. But he calls them shepherds. And he's wanting him to understand. Now, now I, I wanted to bring that out because that kind of goes into the next section that we're going to look at, and that is the cultural context. And this is basically where we are in the story right now. If you were with us last week, we talked about what had happened that led Jesus to start to make these co uh, comments. And, and we went back to John chapter 9. And in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a man that's blind from birth. And he does it in a way where he, he spits and he makes mud with some dirt. And he wipes it on the man's eyes. And the Pharisees, the leaders, the shepherds, have a fit about this because they feel like Jesus has broken the Sabbath and they go to the man and they talk to him and, 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 and to make a long story short, they basically excommunicate this man out of the church, out of the synagogue, out of the temple. They basically take away uh, his ability to worship God and to be close to God. And, and an amazing statement, an amazing moment, Jesus goes and he finds this man. And he, he says, hey, I'm the Messiah, and he worships Jesus, and it's this beautiful picture. And now Jesus is, is continuing this discussion and this talk, starting with verse uh, chapter number 10. And so he's talking to the, the Pharisees and to these people. And so that's where we found ourselves last week as he's making these comments about being the good shepherd, about being the door, and, and all these, these things. And, and so we, we look here at John 9. And in John 9, 39 through 41, this is what he is saying to those Pharisees. This is what he is communicating in this moment. He says this, Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, 
to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Let's continue. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? And this is what Jesus says. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. And so in this this situation, Jesus is speaking very, very pointedly to these Pharisees. And he's saying, listen, you are causing a lot of issues. You are hurting people. You are are bringing forth really death when you should be bringing forth life. And this is a problem. And this is in our notes. This This is the context of Jesus making these shepherd statements. It's this. At this point in our story, Jesus is surrounded by false shepherds. And Jesus declares that he is the good shepherd. You see, these Pharisees, they knew the rebuke in in Ezekiel 34. They knew what Jesus was saying. Jesus here is basically saying, listen, you have have done the wrong things. You have robbed, you you have fed yourself and not taken care of the sheep. And that is not what the good shepherd is. I am the good shepherd. And just like last week as we talked about Jesus here making this statement of I am the door. This is another Messiah statement that Jesus is making. And we're going to see that later in Ezekiel 34. We're not going to jump there quite yet. Okay? But Jesus here is making a very provocative, very, very amazing statement. And he is blowing people's minds. Basically like I can't believe that he just said this. And so this is the context of the shepherding, not just the the context of of what it is to be a shepherd during that time, not even just the biblical concept of understanding uh, those things, but Jesus in this moment calling him himself the good shepherd is a Masonic thing. He's basically saying, I am God's son. I am here to be the shepherd that my people need. And that's an amazing thing. And so we're going to kind of jump into this a little bit deeper now and actually get into John 10 and the statements that he makes and really start to look at what this is because I think it's important because I think we have to ask this question. What does the understanding of this aspect of Jesus' character mean for us? When Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, what does that mean? How can we take that and apply it to our lives? And Jesus here begins to share some things that are very important to us to understand as our role as sheep and his role as shepherd, what that looks like and how important that is. The first thing I want to talk about is this. Jesus is committed to his sheep. Jesus is committed to his sheep. Look at John 10, 11. This is what it says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. You know what? We we live in a time, we live in a culture that commitment is, what's that? I mean, in a lot of ways, commitment has been cheapened. It's not the same. You can make a commitment, but it's just not, it doesn't have the the fortitude that it used to have, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, but Jesus, when he is making a commitment to you and commitment to me, he is sealing it with his life. He's saying, you know what? I am so committed to you. I will sacrifice everything. I will sacrifice myself for you. And Jesus is committed to you. And I know sometimes for some of us, when we think about commitment, it's, it's, it's fleeting. It, it doesn't have the same meaning as it used to. But when Jesus states it, he's willing to state it so strongly that he's willing to lay down his life for you and for me. And that's exactly what he did. 
A lot of times in our lives, things don't go maybe the way we think. And in that moment, we can begin to doubt the commitment that Jesus has for us. But you know what? No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, Jesus as the good shepherd is committed to you. He laid down his life for you. He is totally and completely committed to you. And that's an amazing thing. Next, Jesus is the owner of his sheep. Jesus is the owner of his sheep. Look at John 10, verse number 12 and 13. This is what he says. He says, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so when the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock, the hired hand runs away because he doesn't, uh, because he, he's working only for the money and he doesn't really care about the sheep. Listen, I love this idea and this, this, this picture that Jesus is giving. Listen, he is the owner of the sheep. The sheep belong to him. He cares about the sheep. Listen, think about human nature, okay? I, I know this may sound harsh and, and mean, but you know what? I care a little bit more about my house than your house. I know that's horrible for me to say. No, I don't want anything bad to happen. Don't misunderstand me. But I, I want my house to be okay. I, I, I kind of do. And not that I don't want your house to be okay, but I think you get what I'm saying here. When you're the owner of something, it matters a little bit more. It, you, you take care of it a little bit better. It's, it's more important to you because it's yours. And Jesus here is saying, listen, because they're mine, because you're mine, I care about you. I'll protect you. When, when bad things happen and the wolves come and, and, and tragedy strikes, I'm not going to run away. I'll be there. And, 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 you know, that is such an unbelievable promise. And that brings such an amazing peace to us to know that, you know what, no matter what the wild animal is, no matter the storm, no matter the situation, our good shepherd is going to be there. He's not going to run. Why? Because we belong to him. We're his. We're his. And he loves us. It's so amazing. It's so awesome. It's so freeing to know that we have a good shepherd that will never leave us, that will never forsake us, that has given his life for us. He's laid down his life for his sheep. That's what the good shepherd does. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we as people, we, we can kind of put our faith and our trust in hired hands. And those hired hands can be lots of different things, lots of different people. But we have to remember who the good shepherd is. We have to remember to put our faith and our trust in Jesus, not in man, not in a church, not in a government, not in, not in a person, even, even though those people may be wonderful, okay? We put our faith, our hope, our trust in our good shepherd because we're his. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. Such an awesome thing, such a, a wonderful amount of peace that comes from that. Look at Psalm 71. Psalm 71 talks a little bit about this. It says this in verse number six. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. From the very beginning, 
from the very beginning, Jesus has been there. He has, he has wanted to, to wrap you up in his arms and care for you because he loves you so much. The final one, Jesus knows his sheep. Jesus knows his sheep. Look at John 10, starting with verse number 14. Jesus says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I love this. I love that, that our God isn't a faraway God. That, that, that we, that our Jesus knows us. The Bible tells us that God knows the number of hairs on our head. That's not because God's bored. It's not because God's a show-off. It's because God wants us to understand something so insignificant as the number of hairs that you have, God's aware of. You know, uh, my wife cuts hair, and I don't remember the number, but, you know, she's like, oh, well, you lose this amount of hair every day, and then more hair grows, and it changes. You know, God, God knows those things. God knows how many hairs you have right now. He'll know how many hairs you're going to have two weeks from now. He knows how many hairs you had ten years ago. God knows you. God loves you. God, as the good shepherd, knows your name. I, as I was studying about this and I learned about a little bit about shepherds, it's amazing how the shepherds know their sheep. That I was reading things about this and, and a lot of shepherds know their sheep by name. They've given them names and they'll call out and the sheep know them. They know, as we kind of talked about last week, they know their shepherd's voice. And it's such an amazing thing to, to understand that. To, to get that, that Jesus knows you. Sometimes we, we have this idea that, that God, when, when things aren't going well, that God has forgotten us. No, no, God, as our good shepherd, he knows you. He knows the situations. He knows the circumstances that you're dealing with. He hasn't forgotten you. Don't, don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't believe the lie of the wolf that only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God knows you. He knows exactly where you are. You're not forgotten. You're not in a situation where God is doing other things or he's worried about other things. He knows you. He loves you, and he cares for you. For you today he knows exactly where you're at and he knows you let's look at jeremiah 9 in jeremiah 9 24 this is what it says but those who wish to boast should boast in this alone that they truly know me and understand that i am the lord who demonstrates and this is awesome unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that i delight in these things, I, the Lord, have spoken. What's God saying here? Listen, this is what God is saying. Not only, not only does Jesus know his sheep, but he desires and is willing to be known by the sheep. That's awesome. Jesus, God has invited us to know him. It's not a one-way street. Not only does Jesus know us, which makes complete sense, he knows everything, but he has invited us to know the shepherd. Why, why, do, we, why do we talk about, hey, hey, listen, you, you need to be in your word, you need to be in prayer, you need to do all these things, because this is an invitation of God to know him as shepherd. The more we know 
Him as shepherd, the more we'll understand these things. So when we do face things and we're going through difficult times, we'll remember, hey, you know what? He's the good shepherd. He's not going to leave me. He hasn't forgotten me. He does love me. He knows his sheep. And, and I know him. One of the greatest things in life is knowing Jesus. And no matter how well you know him, no matter how well I know him, we can know him more. And he wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to show us how amazing he is. He wants to show us that he is the good shepherd. So with all that, I have a final question. It's this. Are you following the leading of the good shepherd? Are you following the leading of the good shepherd? Now, we're going to jump back to Ezekiel 34. And if you remember earlier, Ezekiel 34 starts with God giving a very strong rebuke to these shepherds of Israel, these ones that are not uh, fulfilling what God has asked his shepherds to do. And what's so amazing about this is as we get into Ezekiel 34, we're going to start with verse number 11. God begins to be, uh, he, he begins to tell us what he is going to do as our shepherd. He is going to help us to see that he is the good shepherd. Again, why is this important? Why were they so upset with Jesus and his response? Because Jesus here was saying to those Pharisees, you're exactly who my father was talking about in the early part of Ezekiel, and I am exactly who my father was talking about, starting with Ezekiel 34, 11. So let's look at this together. This is an amazing portion of Scripture as we look at this. This is what it says. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. So God, again, is still speaking. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for a scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel from among the people and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and in all the places where people live. Yes, I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in, place, in peace, says the Sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away, and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak, but I will destroy those who are fat and powerful. I will feed them, yes, feed them justice. Such an unbelievable portion of Scripture, such an encouraging portion of Scripture, because you know what? No matter how many false shepherds you have placed in your life or how many false shepherds have been in your life, God wants to be the good shepherd to every single one of us. And, and because I feel like this is so important, I want to look at this. I want to I look and see what our good shepherd does for us in these portions of Scripture. Listen, listen, we're going to go through these one by one. The first one, listen, he searches and he finds. No matter where you're at, no matter how far you've gone, 
God searches for you. I love that Jesus tells this, the parable of the man who loses the one sheep. And he leaves the 99 and he goes off and he searches to find the one. Sometimes we have this thought, like, I'm just, I'm just one person. God doesn't care. There's, there's so many bigger things going on in the world that God cares about. No, God cares about you. He cares about the one. And he'll go and he'll search and he'll find you. He searches to find the lost. He searches and he finds. And the next, he rescues. You know one of the greatest things that we need to understand as human beings? We need a rescuer. We can't rescue ourselves. We can't rescue ourselves. You know what's interesting about sheep? Going back to, to on the farm, you know, with Henrietta, if that was her name. Um, sheep, man, they're defenseless. They don't do anything well. I mean, they're, they're not fast. Uh, a lot of times they're, 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 they can be obviously white, so they stand out. Uh, they're, they're not real bright. They, they are easy pickings. That's, that's why they need a shepherd. To protect them. They need a rescuer. Hey, when, when the enemy comes and the wolf comes and the thief comes, they can't defend themselves. They're easy prey. We need that. One of the greatest freeing things that have ever happened in my life is to realize I can't do this on my own. I need a rescuer. When Jesus came, and we talked about this a couple years ago around, around Christmas time, we needed a rescuer. Jesus came on a rescue mission for you and for me. We were in a bad place. And Jesus came to be that for us. And he rescues us and helps us. Next, he brings us back home. He brings us back home. And you know what? Home is not this rock. Home is not this place. This isn't our home. We were created for this place. We were created to be home with Jesus in his presence and knowing him and having intimate fellowship with him. That's home. And that's where he wants to bring you and bring me. Next, he feeds us. He feeds us through his word and through communion with him and time that we spend looking at these things together. Listen, he feeds you. And listen, can I just be honest with you? Listen, if you're looking to me or, or another pastor to be the person who feeds you week in and week out, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be starving. You know, and I don't know about you, I don't know if you've seen those commercials where, uh, I think it's maybe a Snickers commercial where they, they basically have somebody and they're acting funny and you're like, what in the world? Why is this person doing all this? And sometimes it's a famous actor or whatever. And I think it's, they were out a couple years ago. And, and, and basically they're angry and they're upset and they're like, you know, you need to eat a Snickers because you're not yourself when you're not, you know, when you're hungry. You remember those commercials? And so the person eats the, the Snickers and, and then they, they kind of transform into the person they really are. You know what I mean? And, and, and they say, you're, you're not yourself when you're hungry. Listen, sometimes I believe that one of the reasons why the church and church people act the way they do is because they're hungry. They're hungry. And, and your shepherd, your good shepherd, wants to be the one that feeds you on a daily basis. Sometimes what I've said is, is my job is, is once a week to give you some dessert. But if all you're eating is what I'm providing for you, you're not going to be yourself. You're going to be angry. You're going to be upset because you're spiritually starving. Just like in real life, if you ate once a week, you're going to be upset, you're going to be irritable, and you're going to be starving. That's why it's so important to every day go to the shepherd and let him feed you. 
Let him feed you from his word. Let him feed you in prayer. Let him feed you in other situations and other circumstances and with other people. I get to be a part of that, and that's so humbling and so awesome. But listen, we all need to spend time getting fed from the good shepherd, from the shepherd that knows exactly what you need, exactly what you need in that moment. But he feeds us, and that's so great. Next, he causes us to lie down in pleasant, lush pastures. I love that. I love that, that, that God doesn't say, hey, I'm just going to bring you some pastures. I'm, I'm just going to bring you this place, and hey, if there's grass there, great. If there's not, whatever. I'm just going to, no, no, no. Pleasant and lush. More than enough. More than, than, than you can dream of, of needing. Or he brings us to those places. God loves to do that in our hearts and in our lives. To bring us to those lush places. To those pleasant places. Next, he tends to us. He tends to us. He's there. He's watching us. He's keeping an eye on us. Not because he's, he's kind of trying to move everything like in move the chess pieces. But because he cares. And because he loves you. He tends you, tends to you and cares for you. Next, he bandages our wounds. He bandages our wounds. Listen, hear me. As sheep, whether they're self-inflicted or bites from other sheep or the wolf come, we're going to have wounds. Okay? And, and listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. If anybody tells you differently, they're not telling you the truth. Life sometimes hurts, and there are wounds. And I tell you that because I love you. I tell you that because I want you to understand that. Jesus was very clear. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have hurts. People are going to do things that you don't understand. And here's the thing. You can't always control that. You can't always control those wounds. But I will tell you this, if you'll go to the good shepherd, he'll heal those wounds. But listen, hear me here. If you go to others, the healing will not be as complete as you go if you, if you would go to the good shepherd. It, 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 it is amazing to me in, in, in my life at times and in the life of others, the amount of open wounds that there are in our lives you know what? You're in the flock of Jesus. He wants to heal those things and completely heal them. Jesus doesn't put a band-aid on a bullet wound. He heals it all. He heals it all. And so I'm just going to be honest. Listen, if, if you are, as I was putting this together this week, and, and I just felt like God was really speaking in this moment. And so if you're hearing this live or maybe you're watching it another time, I really believe God is speaking directly to you in this moment through his Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to heal those wounds. It doesn't matter how deep. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. It doesn't matter how many false shepherds or other things you've tried to use to heal that hurt in your heart. Right now, in your living room, wherever you're at, Jesus wants to be that good shepherd. And he wants to bring complete and total healing. Spiritual, emotional, physical. Jesus is our healer. And I believe if we'll go to him, he'll do some amazing work 
do some amazing healing because that's what he does as our good shepherd. He bandages our wounds. And when he does that, when Jesus does it, true healing can take place. The final one is he gives strength to the weak. I don't know about you, but, but during this time, it's, it feel, I just feel like I've been weak and, and you know, dealing with some of the things that we've all been dealing with. You know what? God wants to come. And in that, in that concept of being the good shepherd, he wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you a strength that is, that is, that is a supernatural strength that's greater than anything that anyone else could give. He wants to do that in you. Our good shepherd is amazing. He wants to do so many amazing things in us because he is the good shepherd. I'm going to invite John to come on up and he's going to begin to play quietly as we begin to close. I'll be honest, this is one of my favorite I am statements of Jesus. I like it because in this small statement of of Jesus calling himself the good shepherd. I mean, we could be here for weeks unpacking everything that that really means because it is absolutely incredible, the statement that he makes. But the question still stands. Are you following the leading of that good shepherd? I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in a church in Kansas City, and we had a, a pastor that was basically my, my lead pastor throughout my entire childhood. And we would go to, to youth camp and kids camp, and, and so we would, we'd all gather Monday morning. We'd get ready to get on the bus, getting ready to go to camp. We're all excited, you know, bouncing off the walls. And, and here comes Pastor Johnson. And he would walk in and he always have the same thing under his arm. And, and what's funny is, is later on when I became a youth pastor and I, I began to take kids to, to camp, I would do things similar to this. But I remember he would come in and, and he always had the same picture. And he would take it and he would, he would begin to tell a story about when he was visiting Israel. He loved to visit Israel. And he'd have a picture and he'd show us. And on this picture, it was a hillside, I think in Galilee, Israel someplace, I don't remember. And this picture had animals on it. And there were, there were goats that were scattered all over the hill. And there was a path on the mountainside or on the hillside. And amongst all these goats that were all kind of doing their own thing and kind of separated off, there was a shepherd. And he was walking that path. And behind him were his sheep. And I remember him saying, listen, you're going to go to camp. You have your counselors and your leaders. He would say, don't be a goat. Don't be off doing your own thing. Don't be... You follow your leader. You follow your shepherd. Don't be a goat. Don't be a goat. Be a sheep and follow your shepherd. 
I remember telling that story to kids later when I was that leader. You know, don't be a goat. Follow your shepherd. Spiritually speaking, it's really easy for us to be a goat. To think we know best. To think we know where we're going and what's happening. And, and it's so interesting in Scripture. We, we see Jesus at times separating the sheep from the goats. We're not going to get into that, but, but there's a very a big dividing line between sheep and goats. And a lot of times, unfortunately, in my life, I thought that I could lead myself. That I knew what to do and, and, and how to handle things. And I didn't follow my shepherd. And you know what? A lot of times in those situations, I got into trouble. I got into issues that I never should have gotten myself into. And I wouldn't have if I had just followed my shepherd. And you know what? As we looked at this morning, we don't have just a shepherd. We have the shepherd. And we don't even have the shepherd. We have the good shepherd. And I know maybe what some of you might be thinking, but Aaron, I've been a a goat for so long. I, I thought I could do it all on my own. Or maybe you're sitting there and you're going, you know what, I, as a Christian, I, in a lot of ways, I, I'm more like the Pharisees. I haven't followed the good shepherd. In fact, I've been at times a false shepherd. I've led others astray. I haven't done the things. People have been looking at me and expecting me and to do the right, and I haven't. I haven't lived my life the way I should. That's a hard place to be sometimes. But you know what? It's also a great place to be. And I want to share with you why. In Mark, Jesus makes an amazing statement. It's in Mark 6. And this is what it says in verse number 33. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. You know, when when Jesus looks out and when he sees sheep without a shepherd, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't say, how could you? He doesn't say, you should have known better. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. loves. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be the good shepherd. He wants to do all these things that we've talked about. He knows you. He cares for you. He loves you. And he wants to bring you home. So no matter where you're at this morning, you are not too far away from your good shepherd. Remember, he'll leave the 99 to find you. And you're not too far away when your shepherd can't find you. Call out to him. Your shepherd will come to grab you up, tend to you, heal those wounds, love you. 
know him in his heart. Why did Jesus make these statements? Because he wants to be known. never leave you, never forsake you. I love that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Because no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, our shepherd will always be there for you, for me. So I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe for some of you, you're going, you know what, I've been a goat a long time and it's time to let Jesus be my shepherd for the first time. If that's you, there's going to be a button that's going to show up in the chat section. Click on that. There are people that are waiting that want to pray with you. It'll be private. It'll be an opportunity for us just to to pray with you and to love on you and care for you as you make this important decision. But you know what? There may be others that at times followed the shepherd, but now you're a goat. You've tried to do it on your own. You've tried to do it your own way. You know what? It's time to come and let the shepherd shepherd you again and lead you again. And if that's you, you can also pray. Call out. Jesus, come. He'll search we thank you so much that you called yourself the good shepherd the bible is full jesus of 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 understandings of this concept and there's a lot of stuff here and there's a lot of depth here and there's a lot of things here but you know what when we boil it all down we when we strip it all away what we really see in a lot of ways is that Jesus, you loved your sheep so much that you laid down your life for them. What makes you the ultimate good shepherd? Jesus, is that you sacrifice yourself for us. But Jesus, you didn't stay in that grave. As we read in our our scripture and our text, you rose again. So now, you're not, you, you, you aren't, you weren't the shepherd. You are our good shepherd today. And so Jesus, if there's those that have never come and accepted you as their shepherd, I pray this morning that they would. I pray this morning that they would pray that prayer that says, you know what, Jesus, I need you. I need rescued. I believe that you are who you said you are. I believe you are God's son. I believe you died for me. And I know you'll forgive me of my sins. And I can come be home with you. And God, for those that 
worship. <laughs> but right now, because of situations or circumstances or whatever, they're kind of like that picture that Pastor Johnson showed us. They're kind of off on their own on the hillside. That Jesus, right now, you would call to them. They would remember your voice and come follow their good shepherd again. So Jesus, no matter where we're at, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, you want to bring us in to your sheep's fold. You want us to come home to be with you. You don't want us to be sheep without a shepherd anymore. because you are, you are, and we love you so much. To everyone else, hey, I hope you have a wonderful week. Hope you have a great, awesome week, and, and uh, man, I love you all. I miss you guys so much. I can't wait for the time that we're gonna be back together, and it's gonna be soon. It's gonna be soon. I don't know exactly when, but it's gonna be soon, and it's gonna be awesome. So have a great week. Love y'all, miss y'all, and we'll talk to you soon, all right?